Welcome. Welcome to 402. Um, I'm so thankful to spend my Thursday with y'all, um, especially the last purple Thursday without finals in it. <laughs> yeah, just so you know, that's coming. If you didn't check your planner, it's on there. If you didn't check your syllabus, there's also finals on there. Um, also, just thank you for spending a semi-chilly night with us. Um, it felt pretty good earlier, and so I also miscalculated, and so I would appreciate no judgment for the fact that I'm wearing my husband's 2X jacket. As long as we can agree on that, then tonight will go pretty good. Um, but you came on a good night. If this is your first night, welcome. Um, we are wrapping up the entire semester. We're also wrapping up the series to the ends of the earth. This series has been on the book of Acts. If you're new to the Bible, it's not like a separate book. We're not like pulling a book out of nowhere out of some college class. It's a book inside the Bible. And so the Bible is made up of several books. But we're specifically looking at missions. And so it's been a whole lot of fun, especially as we've done the missions fundraiser. It's just kind of played into it. I feel like some of you, like every time I say the word missions, you hold your beard closely and you get sad thinking about losing. Um, so be sure to stick around afterwards because it's going to be awesome. In addition to that, if you have any questions about tonight's scripture or any um, want to view it and look at it, it's on that QR code. So you can scan the back of one of those chairs in front of you. Um, but just to get started, I want to catch you all back up on what we've been looking at this semester, what we've been looking at in this series. So even if you were here, I don't believe that you remember everything because I don't even remember anything. In fact, I had to pull up my old lesson from the beginning of November to remember what we talked about. Um, but in the book of Acts, there is this kickoff. And it's really, I mean, it's like one of the best kickoffs. When we look at the books of the Bible, we look at the stories um, that unfold. It's one of the best kicks off of a book. And it's because it's Jesus's final words. And then he literally, I, I know this is not how it went, but it, he skyrocketed into heaven. Um, but we looked at his last words, which were, go and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He pretty much told his closest friends and his followers to go and witness and say what you've heard me say, tell them what you've seen me do, um, in your hometown, in your neighboring countries, and the ends of the earth and everywhere in between. It's pretty much the command Jesus left on. And that's where we kicked off this series. Now, throughout this series, we've looked at several different um, stories and different characters from the book of Acts. We've looked at Peter and Cornelius um, and that moment where Peter crossed cultural barriers with the gospel, never before seen, went to a people group that did not have access to God, and he gave them access to God through Jesus. And so we saw that story. We also last week talked about Saul, who became Paul in this crazy, crazy moment on a road where God blinded him, met him, and then sent one of his followers, Ananias, to receive him. And it was awesome. That's what we looked at last week. We're kind of going to stick around the idea of Paul tonight. So if you have your Bibles, flip them open or flip them on to Acts chapter 11. So, in this, what we're about to look at um, is Saul, who's now Paul, on one of his mission journeys. So, that's really what he's famous for. In fact, fun fact, he, like, wrote most of the New Testament. And so, like, we not only get to read about him here in Acts, but we get to read about him in many other books of the Bible as well. And so, that moment where God blinded him and Ananias met him was a really 
really big deal because a lot of stuff unfolded from that, including what we're about to read. So in verse 19, it says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. All right, let me just take this sentence and explain some things. First of all, Stephen is a character we haven't looked at, but he has a big part and a big story in the book of Acts. So Stephen is one of the big leaders of the church. He takes on the responsibility to make sure that everyone's treated fairly, all of the widows are cared for. He takes on that responsibility. And this moment where he's declaring his faith, he's being a witness, just like Jesus commanded him, he gets stoned. So you thought, you thought your speech class was hard? You should read about Stephen's speech in, towards the beginning of Acts. Because Stephen got stoned for it at the end of it. Think, I mean, go ahead and let your mind think medieval stoning, because that's what it was. It was really, really awful. Um, But up until that point, the church, so the body of believers, had kind of huddled in Jerusalem. They've kind of just kept growing. It talks about some really sweet moments where it talks about how the Lord added to their number daily. Just imagine going to your church in Stephenville and every single day there was a baptism and a salvation. Like that's kind of what they were seeing is every single day somebody was added to their numbers. Not only that, but they were all giving their money. They were all giving everything they owned for a big share pot to make sure that everyone was cared for. They wanted to make sure every Christian had what they needed and they'd sacrifice anything to take care of each other. That's not like a church you want to be a part of. Like a church where people are jumping in all the time. where A church where they really do take care of each other and they really do sacrifice for each other so that's the picture of the church at the beginning of acts after jesus had commanded them to go they were forming and growing in jerusalem and up until stephen stoning that's how it stayed but and when it says that stephen was stoned it says those scattered that's what we read here it says they scattered and so god being god and doing what he does he uses something really traumatic and really awful for his own glory and to spread the gospel and spread his people into the neighboring countries, which is what he commanded them to do in the first place, right? So they left this beautiful church on a tragic occasion where one of their leaders was killed and they were scattered, okay? It also says that they were spreading the word only among the Jews, which means they haven't heard the story of Peter and Cornelius. Because when, when Clayton taught about Peter and Cornelius a few weeks ago, he talked about how Peter, on a roof, had this really crazy vision that I don't even, I can't even really imagine what it looks like. But it's like sheet coming out of heaven with all of these animals on it. And God pretty much tells him, don't call unclean what I have made clean. And he's, talk, he's using this as a, as a word picture to tell Peter, if I want to save someone, I will save someone. No matter where their background, what their background is, no matter what ethnicity they are, like, I will save who I'll save. And that's what he tells Peter. It's, like, not just for the Jews. So in this sentence, we see that hasn't completely rippled through all of the Jesus followers. Okay. Verse 20. It says, Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also. So some of them don't care about cultural barriers. They're sharing with the Greeks, which are not Jews. Also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem. Okay, so that's back where we started. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Barnabas, as we're about to learn, 
um, is one of Saul, now Paul's, buddies, okay? And so Barnabas goes to Antioch, and when he arrived, he saw that the, what the grace of God had done. He was glad, and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all of their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to, to the Lord. Did you wish somebody would say that about you? He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Okay, so we talked about this church. Stephen gets stoned. They get scattered. They come to this place called Antioch where there's multitudes of different peoples. There's Jews, there's Greeks. In fact, Antioch was like one of the most diverse places to be. So think like the Houston of Texas, okay? Like Houston is as diverse as it gets in Texas. It's the same thing. And they're looking at the known world. Antioch was really diverse, really, really multi-ethnic, okay? And so Jesus starts to change people. The message of Jesus starts to change people, and it becomes this beautiful church. It's so beautiful. Barnabas is like, I've got to travel back, which traveling was like, like it's not like he hopped in an Uber. <laughs> like, like it's a big deal. Like that means he really wanted Saul there. So he, so he gets Saul, he brings Saul, and he's like, look at this. And they end up teaching and staying there for a whole year. And that church was so good at obeying Jesus Christ that they're the ones who first were labeled Christians, okay? So this church is so obedient that they, they call them little Christ. They call them Christ-like. They say those people, like when I think of their identifier, like it's not frat boy. It's, it's Jesus. They look like Jesus. They act like Jesus. They speak like Jesus. Don't you wish you, like think about if your church was like that. Like they looked at all of you and like, wow, those people are literally like Jesus, like, what a great church to be a part of. And not only that, they're starting to get the idea of Jesus' mission. It's more than just Jews. It's in this multi-ethnic city, and we can have Greeks too, and we're seeing Greeks come to know Christ. And so there's this beautiful moment. Like, I can imagine it was like, like Paul and Barnabas are missionaries. I can imagine it's like addictive. Like, look at this. This is the place. This is where I want to be. And guys, the truth is, is it really was a great place. And out of it came a lot of good things. And a lot of people from a lot of different countries heard the gospel. But the temptation always, when we look at something like this, is to quit. It's to stay. The temptation is to huddle and to get comfy, right? Like, why? Why mess with a good thing? Why fix it if it ain't broke? That's what my dad would say. It's like, why would they go somewhere else? They've got all the people God commanded them to go to right in front of them, right? Like, that's what I would be thinking. I'm like, this is nice. Like, they like me, and we're doing this right. We look like Jesus. Um, But that was not what God intended. And so if you'll jump with me to Acts 13, so just two chapters over. Acts 13, 1 through 3, it says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, that's one of them. We already talked about him. Simon called the Niger. Lucius of Cyrene, Mananine, that's a good guess, I don't know, who, brought, who had been brought up with Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Okay, so we see Barnabas and Saul and a couple of the guys. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, 
So God said to those men, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Okay? So they live here for over a year. In the middle of a prayer meeting with the men of men, God says, let them go. Send them away. Pray for them, and they've got work to do. And it's not here. That's what God said. Even though they came and they jumped on this amazing, wonderful, beautiful ship, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of how I felt um, when I came to Tarleton. And my church that I grew up in, like, I love that church. Mainly, I mean, for a lot of reasons. One of them being I'm, like, six generations deep in that church. So, like, my grandma's my grandma's grandma grandma, like, <laughs> went to that church. Um, and so, like, I can walk the cemetery, and I can tell you every family that's in that cemetery. Um, I can tell you the dates of things that happened. I can tell you every family that's a part of that church. And they would do anything for me. And literally every person that's over 50, I feel like they're my grandparents. And so I loved that church. When I came to Stephenville, like, I just, I just didn't think it could get better. And I feel like when the disciples, when they left that church in Jerusalem, that's how they felt. When Stephen was stoned, I feel like they were like, it's never, ever going to be this good again. Right? But then they come to Antioch, and Antioch is beautiful. It's amazing, and God's doing miracle after miracle after miracle, right? And so God's come through for them again. Second chance to find a good church. But then what does God do? He tells them to leave. To me, that's like, I don't know, third time you can keep that trend up, like living in three places that are that amazing. And the truth is, is if they would have stayed, they would have been comfortable and happy and respected and listened to. And they probably would have looked up and said, I've, I've done a good job, right? But from this point, when they leave, they go on several journeys to the known world. Um, and they share the gospel with both Jews and Gentiles, uh, which is everyone who's not a Jew. Um, and they really don't stop. Even after it does get worse, even after they get arrested, and they get beaten. They don't stop. They just keep going. They keep going on mission. They keep planting churches. And even when Paul was in prison, he was writing what we read today in the Bible. And so there was never a point. There was never a situation where he stopped being on mission. And so here are just a few points. Tonight's going to be kind of short. we got to shave some beards. we got to commission some seniors. But some few points I want us to take away. Sometimes you just have to go. Blaine, Blaine, I talked to Blaine uh, right before this, and he talked about how people say, I'm called to stay, but I'm willing to go. But it's more accurate that I'm called to go, but I'm willing to stay. And that's so true. It's like we are called to go, and sometimes we've just got to go. Even though it's comfortable, even though this is where our friends are. Of course this is where your friends are. This is where you've been. If you'd have been somewhere else, your friends have been over there, right? And so it's like sometimes we just have to trust and step out into uncharted waters, even though we may not know where we're going or may not know what the future holds. And so maybe, maybe it's your hometown. Maybe you're supposed to go to your hometown. Maybe you're supposed to leave your hometown. Maybe it's supposed to go to Tarleton to actually plug into a church here instead of running back home living with two feet and two ponds. Maybe it's not a place at all. 
okay? Maybe it's just uncharted waters in your life. Like maybe you're supposed to go into a conversation that you don't know how it would turn out and you don't even know what you're supposed to say. Maybe you're supposed to go into a relationship. Maybe you're supposed to go out of a relationship. And the truth is, is if we could tell the future, I don't know that we would even come to 402. So don't think, oh, I just can't tell. I just can't tell if it'll work out. No one can tell if it's going to work out. But when we trust in the Lord, we can bank on the fact that he works all things together for the good of us who love him. And so sometimes we've just got to go. And guys, the truth is, is I'm confident that there are some of you here that do not have a relationship with Christ and you know it. And perhaps he's asking you to go into a relationship with him, even though you don't know what that looks like and you don't even really know what that means and you don't know how it's going to turn out. He's asking you to go, even though you feel like you're good. You feel like you've got your life together. You feel like you know these waters. Sometimes we've just got to go in uncharted waters. The second thing is that we don't have to go it alone. Notice Paul and Barnabas. He set aside Paul and Barnabas. He gave him a battle buddy. He put together a dream team that we read about several times throughout Acts. Okay? Like, who do you have? Like, heading into these conversations, heading into these places, and on these mission trips, and in this degree field, who do you know that can lead you that can go with you, that can pray with you, that can bear those burdens with you, because I guarantee God has placed someone in your life. Sometimes I'm the world's worst at not recognizing when I have my friends. Like, I will hustle, 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 and wear myself out until God's like, I never asked you to go by yourself. Like, would you quit ignoring your friends that I gave you? Um, And so God put Paul and Barnabas together. Also, we just look at this idea of the church coming together and laying hands on Paul and Barnabas. The whole, this whole idea is bigger than just a prayer, bigger than just like a ceremony. This idea, it's, we call it commissioning. This is way bigger than that. Like churches came behind Paul and Barnabas and they funded them. They prayed for them. They celebrated them. They housed them. They longed for their return. They wrote them. I mean, they had a true and bonding relationship. Distance or not, these churches went with them. Like these people that prayed for him went with him. And that's, some of you who've been on Go Now missions, you know that. Like your church has come alongside you and they're like, $3,000? Deal. Like just out of nowhere, you know? They're like, they come alongside you, they pray for you, they celebrate with you, they throw you beautiful showers. Like they come alongside you and they commission you. It's bigger than just saying goodbye. Like it's not a retirement party. It's a commissioning and it's amazing. It's part of what the church is called to do, is to commission missionaries out. And as Christians, we have to live life with open hands in our relationships. When our friends say they have to go, we say go, and I believe in you. We don't say stay, I need you. Like we commission, and we live with open hands. In addition to that, God gives us his own spirit so that we're not alone. In a different account of the same command, the Great Commission, Jesus says, and lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. Now Jesus isn't physically here, But Jesus left so that his spirit could come and live with us and give us his power. And so never are we ever really alone, even if we're physically alone, even if God calls us to isolation, which he rarely ever does. Like the Holy Spirit goes with us. And so sometimes we've got to go, but we never have to go alone. And now we've said this before. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said it and Clayton said it, but we're going to say it again, is that God plans to do more than we could ever ask or imagine. Peter, 
was just a fisherman. And Jesus said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus, Jesus knew what that meant. Peter did not know what that meant. Peter did not know that he would have to walk with him for three years, watch him die, freak out, watch him resurrect, have some really hard heart-to-hearts with Jesus, and then lead his church in Acts, and then lead and pioneer the gospel moving forward to the Gentiles. Peter did not know that he was going to do that. Paul, Paul's a persecutor of the church, literally Christian killer. When he was blinded on the road, when Ananias met him, do you think that he would write half of the known Bible? Do you think he knew that he would plant churches in every part of the world that he knew of? No, he didn't know that. And the truth is, is I don't think you know what God wants to do with your life either. And I don't think you will. But the truth is, is like you, like even over the Christmas break, God wants to do more than what you could think or imagine or even ask for. Like I believe that God could lead your, like you could lead your whole family to God. You could share the gospel with your whole family. I believe you could go on missions to places that have never heard the gospel before. And I believe you could train up missionaries to go to places who have never heard the gospel before. And the truth is, is like when we go and we step out in faith, we're trusting that God knows what he's doing, which he does. Whether that be with our Christmas break, whether that be as we plan our schedule for the spring, or we look at our whole life. And we need to trust God, and sometimes we just need to go. Guys, when I came to Tarleton, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And like since then, I've had a couple hard things to do. Um, but I, I left home, and it was four and a half hours away, and I'm very close, very close to my family. And my brother was on the other, my brother was in Arkansas, so I moved even further from my brother, who's like my best friend. And I stuffed it down, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional stuffer. So I stuffed it all down, and then the day we were supposed to move, I fell apart at the kitchen table. Like, we already had the truck packed. My parents immediately are like, you don't have to go. You can go to a community college. Like, literally, my, my mom's crying. She, I guess me crying, like, let them have permission to cry. That's my timer, sorry. Um, so, but so when, I, when I came here, I just knew. I just knew I had to go. And guys, looking back, if I would have stayed home, I would still be home, and I'd be helping my granddad bottle honey because my granddad's a beekeeper. And it would have been fun, and it would have been nice, and it would have been comfortable. But I, I could cry right now thinking about a day where I didn't get to spend my Thursday nights here with you. And if I wouldn't have drove four hours and watched my parents drive away in a place I was unfamiliar with in a part of Texas I'd never been to, like, what would we have missed? Like, what would, what, what would I have missed these moments of God and these miracles and these friends I've gotten to see step into a relationship with Jesus? I wouldn't trade it for the world. But that's all in hindsight. And sometimes we just have to go. We just have to go. So maybe it's this Christmas break. Maybe God is asking you to go. When we look at this verse in Acts, God said, set up them apart for the work to which I have called them. I'd like to think that they knew, um, but I don't think they knew to the full extent. And if you've been on a mission trip, you know that. You're like, I'm called to go to this mission trip. But then you get there and you're like, this is not what I thought it was. Um, And some of you, you know what you're called to do this Christmas break. 
and some of you don't. Some of you, it's still up in the air, or you know what you're doing, but you're not sure how God plays into it. Um, but some of you, like you know, you know you're supposed to go on that mission trip. Um, you know you're supposed to go home to your family and love your family, respect your family, share the gospel with your family. Some of you, God's asked you to work and to work hard and get your money so that you can stay here in the spring. Like, I believe God calls people to do that. That's not a crime. Um, but I'd, I'd like to do something. Um, so Landry, Sabrina, Joshua, we all come up here. Um, typically, we, we end the semester um, with the commissioning. We look at this passage and we take it and we're like, who are we commissioning on missions? Who are we commissioning out? And we do it as close as we know how. And so we'd gather around people standing um, and we'd lay hands on them. Some of you are like, absolutely not. I never would have done that. Um, that's okay. We're not going to do that because that's probably not the safest CDC COVID guideline thing we could do uh, right now. And so we're just going to change it up a little bit. I've asked um, these three to pray over some specific groups of y'all. Um, I've asked them mainly because they, I trust them more than anything. Um, but they, I think that they can speak um, to some of y'all in a different way than I can. Um, but if you are going on a mission trip, whether it's go now or through your church, could you just please stand? If you're going on a mission trip over Christmas break, I'm going to have to chase my lesson. I'm not going to chase my lesson. That was my second timer. Um, Y'all, I said timers for real all the time. That kind of sound like my timer. Um, thank you, Guyler. Wow. Give Guyler a hand. I knew that was going to happen at one point in the semester. Okay. So our Go Now missionaries, our, our missionaries through your churches, um, I've just asked Joshua... Um, to pray over y'all. And if y'all will just pray with Joshua and pray in agreement, um, I'd like like for us to ask that the Holy Spirit would be them, be with them for the work that God's called them to do. Go ahead, Joshua. Hey, God. First, thank you very much for everyone here, Lord. Thank you for their faithfulness in coming um, and just for how you've worked this semester uh, during COVID in the midst of everything, God. Um, thank you, Lord, that in the middle of the pandemic, we still get to go on missions, Lord. There are still places we can serve. Um, and Lord, uh, a lot of the missions this semester for Go Now are Texas. Um, and sometimes going to your backyard doesn't feel like a mission trip, but it is, God, because um, your friends, your neighbors, they, they still need you and you still are called to, to share your love with them. Um, so Lord, I, I want to pray for everyone standing, God that uh, you would be with them, you'd help them as they finish preparing, Lord. You'd prepare their hearts and prepare their minds, God. Um, I pray that you open their hearts to not only what you're gonna do through them uh, on their mission trips, Lord, but what you're going to do in them. Because uh, God, mission trips, you go and you think you're gonna help other people and you're gonna impact other people, and that is totally true, but if you don't come away impacted yourself, then you did something wrong. And so, Lord, you, you work in amazing ways on mission trips and when we sacrifice our time for you. So I pray that you work in each person's life, God, and you make, you do something incredible that they get to look back and say, this is what God did in me. This is how I saw God move in my life and how he changed my attitudes. And Lord, I pray 
for their finances as they're wrapping that up because that's a stressor but lord you've you've called them and you've prepared the way for them god you've prepared where they're going you've prepared how they're going to get there so lord please help them surrender that to you and remain faithful in raising that money and then figuring out how they're going to do it please help them to be creative and bold in asking people for money because uh, yeah it's awkward but uh, that's kind of what you have to do and so lord i pray for that i pray for courage for them and that it's not awkward because they they aren't asking for money for them they're asking other people for the money that you've already given them and you've already set for this trip god um, and so mm -hmm. lord please help them in that please give them courage and boldness and finally god just uh i pray for the places they're going i pray that you start working as I'm sure you already have on people's hearts that they're going to be in contact with. And I pray for the relationships they're going to form there, God. I pray that they get to have good conversations and make meaningful Im impacts in people's lives. And Lord, on the days that it's hard, please help them turn to you. Um, don't let them get discouraged when they feel like they aren't doing anything. But Lord, they're where you called them and they're being obedient. And so, God, thank you for that. Thank you for their obedience, their courage, their faithfulness. And, Lord, I look forward to hearing about everything that you did over Christmas break. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Joshua. Y'all can sit down. Um, sometimes uh, we don't have to go very far for our mission field. Sometimes we can look at our whole life and see a mission field. And many of you know that reality. Um, and you look at your family and you know your family doesn't know Jesus and you know um, every time you go home, there's a chance to represent Christ or to share about Christ. And so if that's you, if you feel like you're a family and you're going home to your family this Christmas break, um, if you feel like that's your mission field, would you please stand up? Thanks, guys. Sabrina, would you pray for them? Dear Father, Lord, God, I thank you for all of us here today. Um, and God, I thank you for the families that we come from. Lord, a lot of us, we have a mixture. We have broken families, whole families, single parent, both parent households. And then God, you can work in the midst of all of them, Lord. Um, there's not one that is too far away from you to be in the middle of. And I just thank you for that. Um, God, we have the unique opportunity um, to go away to college and come back and have our family see us different. Um, a lot of us have changed since coming to college and Christ has worked magically and miraculously in our life and we get to go home and we get to display that to our family and they can ask what's different about you and you can see Jesus has changed my life. God, I just pray that, that we will be bold with our families to be able to share what God has done. I pray that we will, <coughs> sorry. Um, I pray that we will be bold um, in our actions, and our words, God, um, oftentimes when we go home, it's easy to fall back into our old selves and how we used to be. Um, but God, I pray that you give all of us um, in those standing the strength to be the new person that you have made us to be and to not fall back into old habits. Um, but Lord, that, that our new character can display who you are. Um, God, again, I thank you for our families. Um, they're unique, each and every single one of us um, have unique families. And God, I just thank you for how you work in that. I pray, Lord, that us college students um, will go home and we can share the gospel. And God, I pray that our siblings will come to know who you are. Pray that our parents will come to know who you are. Because um, God, you have that saving power and you have that saving grace. 
And Lord, I just pray that you will, will work throughout our families and that we can come back and we can know that we served you well within our families. Um, God, you're just really good. And I thank you for how you work in our families and how it is an area for you to work in our hearts and work in their hearts. Um, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sabrina. Y'all can sit down. Um, and we've got one group that we're sending out. Um, and we're not receiving them um, back in January. Um, if you, whether it's grad school or whether it's the workplace or it's ministry, um, if you're graduating in December, could you stand? First of all, congratulations. Um, Landry, who's also graduating in December, would you pray for them? Dear God, I thank you so much for this day. Um, I thank you that we get to gather here tonight. Um, God, I thank you for the life of each and every person that is here. Um, and I thank you for the life of each and every person that is standing, um, who's getting ready to graduate um, and close one chapter of their life and move on to the next, um, whether that is staying in Stephenville um, or going to a different place. God, we are all in the place of transition right now. Um, and transitions can be really, really hard and they can be scary. But God, I just pray that through this transition, through this um, really unique time that we're in, God, that you would move, um, that you would move in really mighty ways and that we would trust you. God, I pray that right now, um, whether we know what the next thing is that we're going to do or we don't, God, I just pray that we would trust you with our future and with our lives and that we would surrender that to you um, so that you can do um, immeasurably more than anything we could ever ask or imagine. God, I pray um, that you would just bring peace to us, um, bring excitement for the next thing that we have coming. Uh, God, I pray that as we go on from this place, uh, we would not go ahead with fear or with worry or anxiety, um, but God, that we would be able to know that you have a plan for us um, and that your will is so much greater than anything that we could ever imagine for ourselves or want for ourselves. Um, and God, I just pray that that would be the desire of our hearts, that, that we would um, want your will to be done and not our own. Um, God, I just pray for each of these people standing. God, that I pray um, that you would bless them and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, um, and you would be gracious to them and bring them peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Y'all sit down. Thank you, guys. Um, if there is anything that you have gotten out of this series or um, at the time of this, like this world to tonight, um, it's, it's that I hope you know that if you follow Jesus, you are a missionary. I'm going to quote Blaine one more time. Um, last time of the semester. But Blaine quoted Charles Spurgeon <laughs> um, when he said, you're either, um, as a Christian, you're either a missionary or you're an imposter. Because when we accept Christ and we take on um, the spirit of Christ, it naturally flows out. It naturally kicks us out into the mission field to proclaim his gospel and to proclaim his love and truth and hope. 
Um, and so if anything, I hope you know that you're all missionaries. Um, and as we wrap up tonight, whether you're going home or you're staying here or you're going anywhere, I pray that you, as you go, that you would make disciples of every nation, teaching them all the things that Jesus commanded you, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and knowing that Jesus is with you to the end of the age. That's the command that Jesus left with us, and that's his promise. And so I, I hope that that's you. Because um, the truth is, COVID has proven anything. We don't know anything that's coming down the pipeline. And so you may think you know your Christmas plans, but apparently we don't know anything. Um, but Jesus does, and Jesus promises those things. And so as the band comes forward, um, I'd just like for all of us to stand, since we're all missionaries, and I'd like to commission us out. God, I just thank you um, for the BSM. I'm thankful for what it's been to me and the things that it's trained me on and the, the truths that it's taught me about you. Um, God, I just don't think I would have ever known that there was anything beyond salvation if I wouldn't have come here. I don't think that there would have, I would have known that there was a mission I could be a part of. Um, and God, you truly have done more than I ever could have asked or imagined. And God, I trust that you will do that still. And I pray over all the people here tonight, God, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Um, God, that you'd free them from sin, that you'd call them to the people around them, that you'd give them the words to say, that you would um, protect them and provide for them, um, and that you would show them miracles, that you would do far more than they could ever ask or imagine with their Thanksgiving break, with their Christmas break, with their spring semester, and with the rest of their life. God, I pray that they'd say yes to you and they'd go wherever you go, um, and they'd stay wherever you stay. And God, I just pray that you would be with them. Um, and God, that if... If they have any doubts at all, God, would you just take it away? Um, would you just help them to trust um, and have the faith that they need to do what you've asked them to do? God, I pray that they um, come back safely in January. Um, God, that we can celebrate all the things that you were faithful to do. In Jesus' name, amen.